I did not plan to have a podcast out until this Friday, but an event recently occurred that prompted this episode, and uh, this podcast episode is a bit more on a personal level. Uh, The late, great Sir Sean Connery passed away this weekend, and I felt the need to write something about his accomplishments as well as his surprising connections to Edgar Allan Poe. Part of the impetus for this podcast was that he was 90 years old when he passed away, and yesterday was my birthday. I am now 70 years old, and naturally, my thoughts turn to thoughts of the mortality that we all share. I remember looking at the Family World Book Encyclopedia when I was a kid and the page where it listed the life expectancy of various animals. Man was listed at that time at 64 years old, and I could not imagine myself ever becoming that old. Anyway, when my birthday hit, I was really depressed that morning. But then I always feel down in the morning before I have anything to eat. Eating one of my husband's omelets always makes me feel great. Anyway, getting back to uh, to uh, Sean Connery, I remember seeing him first in Goldfinger. Oh boy, what an exciting movie. And then Dr. No and From Russia with Love. I think I like From Russia with Love the best of all the Bond movies, especially the fights on the train and Latalina is the villain. But then again, all the Bond movies seem to have memorable villains. Sure, there were memorable Bond girls, but I think I was more impressed with the -the over-the-top villains. But of course, Sean Connery, Sir Sean Connery, was most known for his portrayal of James Bond. But in this podcast, I would like to talk about two of his lesser-known roles. Now, to understand the influence of Edgar Allan Poe upon Sean Connery, Uh, in one movie especially, uh, you need to first look at uh, the great director Sir Alfred Hitchcock. English writer Peter Ackroyd, the author of Poe, A Life Cut Short, and the case book of Victor Frankenstein, a book I will be referring to this month, wrote in his biography of Sir Alfred Hitchcock that the director first encountered the life and works of Edgar Allan Poe when Hitchcock was 16. He said, I always felt an intense pity for Poe because, in spite of his talent, he had always been unhappy. Hitchcock goes on to say, Very likely it's because I was so taken in with Poe's stories that I later made suspense films. I don't want to seem immodest, but I can't help comparing what I've tried to put in my films with what Edgar Allan Poe put in his works. A completely unbelievable story told to the readers with such a spellbinding logic that you get the impression that the same thing could happen to you tomorrow. And that's the key thing if you want the reader or viewer to substitute himself for the hero, since people are, after all, interested only in themselves or in stories which could happen to them. In 1964, after the success of Psycho, which I believe has many elements of the telltale heart, and then the birds, Sir Alfred Hitchcock took his psychological studies even further with the release of Marnie. To portray a complex, sometimes manipulative character to which an audience could relate, Sir Alfred Hitchcock chose Sir Sean Connery as the male lead. 
Connery shocked many people in Hollywood at the time by asking to see the script. He did this because he was afraid the script would be a variation of a a spy movie, and he did not want to be typecast as a secret agent. Hitchcock's agent told Connery that Cary Grant did not ask to see a script, implying that an actor the stature of Cary Grant at the time was uh, glad enough just to be asked to star in a Hitchcock movie. Connery replied, I'm not Cary Grant. Connery and Hitchcock got along extremely well during the filming, it is said, and uh, Connery remarked that he was very pleased with the film. While occurring in a contemporary, for that time, setting, the movie had many hidden references to Edgar Allan Poe. The book version was set in England, while the movie was set in the United States. In the book, Marnie's last name is Elmer. In the movie version, she is Marnie Edgar. The movie takes place in New York, Virginia, and Philadelphia, all places where Poe lived. The movie's climactic scene takes place in Marnie's mother's house in Baltimore, the city where Poe mysteriously died. In the book, Marnie's mother's name is Edith Elmer. In the movie, her name is Bernice Edgar. Bernice is pretty close to Berenice, one of Poe's earliest stories. Marnie has an especially intense reaction to the color red because it reminds her of blood and an especially traumatic experience that she had during her childhood. A reaction to the color red that many scholars felt Poe shared himself. And like many of Poe's characters, Marnie is subject to intense psychological terrors. Sir Alfred Hitchcock could make all these changes because he had bought the rights to the book, Marnie by Winston Graham. Interestingly enough, when Hitchcock wanted the rights to a book, he would always bid anonymously to keep the price down so that the author would not send the the price sky high if they found out that a famous director was interested in the rights. But in this case, Hitchcock's plan backfired. Graham became suspicious when he learned that one of the bidders had made an anonymous bid, even though the bid was very generous. Graham told his agent to ask for twice as much. Hitchcock agreed on the condition that Graham refused to accept any more bids. When Graham learned that it was Sir Alfred Hitchcock who had bid for the rights, he said that he would have given the rights away for free for the honor of having one of his works filmed by Sir Alfred Hitchcock. Marnie is a complex character with a complex story, but in the end, the character played by Sean Connery acts as the stabilizing influence who brings everything and everyone together. Marnie was filmed in the early 60s when Sean Connery had just finished his last James Bond film. Incredibly attractive, the character of Marnie was supposed to be sexually afraid of men. Tippi Hendren, who plays Marnie, was reported to have said to Hitchcock, Marnie is supposed to be frigid. Have you seen him? Referring to the gorgeous Sean Connery. Hitchcock simply replied, Yes, my dear, it's called acting. Almost 40 years later, 
Sir Sean Connery made what I think is a highly underrated film in Finding Forrester. The movie was directed by Gus Van Sant, who directed Good Will Hunting, My Own Private Ivaho, and Milk. He's certainly no slouch in the directing field. In addition to Sir Sean Connery, the movie starred a young Rob Brown, Buster Rhymes, F. Murray Abraham, and Matt Damon. When I first saw the movie advertised years ago, I thought it might be a good film, but not really worth going out of my way to see. Boy, was I wrong. You see, two nights ago, I saw the movie on Amazon Prime. (laughs) That's the cool thing about streaming movies. You can watch them whenever you want. And I think Finding Forrester is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Finding Forrester is basically the story of the friendship between a a reclusive writer, William Forrester, played by Sean Connery, and Jamal, a black teenager from the projects, played in his first movie by Rob Brown. The movie begins in a classroom with a teacher talking about Edgar Allan Poe and reciting a few lines from The Raven. She asks the class to identify the poem, but no one seems to know the author. Then she asks Jamal. He acts as though he has no idea. I mean, it's not, a cool, it's not cool to appear smart. But later, the audience realizes Jamal is a genius who makes terrible grades on purpose, so not as to draw attention to himself. But later, he is given a scholarship to a prestigious private school. It is like so many incidents in the movie where the characters are not what they seem and show genuine growth. Sean Connery later said that he based his character on the reclusive writer J.D. Salinger. Both Forrester and Jamal are inspired to write largely due to family traumas. For Sean Connery's character, the descent of his brother into alcoholism, and for Jamal, the drug addiction of his father, and, like Poe, the abandonment of his family. In the movie, it becomes apparent that Jamal has to choose between two areas where he excels, basketball, where he gains acceptance, and writing, his true passion. Likewise, Poe was forced to choose between two roads, the military and this podcast will later deal with Pod's, uh, with Poe's time at West Point and several other military sites, and his true passion, writing. There are many good movies about writers, such as Capote and even Shakespeare in Love, but I have never seen a better movie about the process of writing. The movie is a tribute to Sir Sean Connery's talents in an understated but multi-layered performance where he communicates the joy of writing. As a teenager, I could have never imagined James Bond getting excited about the use of conjunctions in a sentence while he shares that passion with the audience. Finding Forrester makes reference to so many famous writers, I was half expecting Sir Sean Connery to quote Poe's observation about literature in 1849 to Frederick Thomas. Quote, Literature is the most noble of professions. In fact, it is about the only one fit for a man. For my own part, there is no seducing me from the path. Unquote. 
but that probably would have been a little too in-your-face for such a subtle and powerful movie, largely due to the acting of Sir Sean Connery. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. My podcast host, Buzzsprout, is really fantastic. And in a video from the company, they pointed out that the average podcast uh, can expect around 50 downloads a month. Of course, if you're someone like Oprah, you are potentially bringing in an audience of thousands of downloads for each episode. But anyway, about two weeks ago, I honestly was not sure if this podcast would have any downloads. But according to Buzzsprout's detailed stats, Celebrate Poe has had almost 60 downloads in two weeks, more than twice what I hoped for. And that is without any advertising. And the podcast has not had time to be listed in all the directories yet. So far, Celebrate Poe has regular listeners all over the United States, France, Spain, Mexico, Ecuador, and Hungary. Thank you so much for making all this possible. It really means a great deal to me. And starting this week, I plan to have an episode every week on the same day, Friday. If all goes well, then I plan to have a new episode online every Tuesday and Friday starting in December. So please subscribe to Celebrate Poe as we continue to learn about the life, times, and influences of America Shakespeare, Edgar Allan Poe. I would like to end this podcast with 62 seconds from the theme of the Alfred Hitchcock Presents television show, Funeral March for a Marionette. In an interview with the BBC, Hitchcock said Funeral March for a Marionette was one of the songs he would take with him if stranded on that fictional desert island. The piece was written in 1872 by Charles Gounod, and I would like to close this episode with how it might have sounded during Poe's lifetime.